The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends, to the Source of Truth podcast as we study the Source of Truth, and that is the Word of God. Thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning and hopefully letting us be an encouragement to you today and uh, hopefully be a strength as you go to look to God's Word uh, for the situations you find yourself in. Uh, we are in 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be in verses um, 10 and 11 today. As we've talked about the idea that 1 Peter references the reality of suffering and our response to suffering in the church and in life. And so yesterday we talked about our response to each other. And today now we're going to talk about our responses to really our gifts, what it is that God has given to us. What do we do now? I would suggest, I would start with saying this. Many times when we find ourselves in trials or temptations or battles or suffering or whatever term you want to use, we get the conclusion that, okay, well, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I can just stop and wait until this is over, and then I get to the other side, then I'll serve God, then I'll get involved. Or When the matter of fact is, probably you are likely involved in this, maybe due to the situation of serving. Either way, whether you are or not, don't let these things stop you from serving. As a matter of fact, they should drive you further into it. In the midst of whatever God allows into your life or Satan brings into your life, please understand that it doesn't stop what we should be doing. We should just keep going, and we got to know that walking by faith is not always easy. Uh, it's not always easy to navigate. It doesn't always seem, it, you get this idea that it should be easy or kind or, or simple. And as the songwriter once stated, am, am, you know, must I be carried to the skies in flowery beds of ease? While other fought to win the prize and sail to bloody seas. Uh, serving, living in life in general right now is not easy, but serving God has never been promised to be easy. It is promised to be rewarded. It's promised to be fruitful. Uh, and sometimes we won't always know the full effect of that until we give to heaven. So let's look a little bit at what he tells us in these two verses with that premise. He says in verse number 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him do, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what we see here, he starts off in verse 10, talking about as every man hath received the gift. Now, I've been reading up on it from different commentators and looking into this to find out specifically what he's mentioning here. Some believe that he's mentioning the gifts that you would find in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, the spiritual gifts, and that each one of us have it and we should be ministering correctly through that. Some believe that that's not likely being spoken here. It's more of the simple grace of God, the gift of salvation, and that gift of salvation should drive you. Um, I will say this when you look at verse number 10, every man hath received the gift. It is apparently a singular gift. Uh, I would state this. Uh, if it is what seems to be the gift of salvation later in the verse of 10, he talks about being um, stewards of the grace of God. So it's likely salvation through the grace of God. But by the way, as a steward of the grace of God, 
I will be given a gift because of my grace, because of, the, of God's grace to me, the salvation. I will be given a grace gift that we see in Romans and 1 Corinthians, which I should then implement in the church. You can really put both in there. The gift comes from salvation, which results in a personal gift, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the one will develop the other. So either way, we got to see that God has given me in good times and bad times, opportunities to serve and a gift in which to use. Uh, it starts off with the gift of salvation, and I do think it's important for us to understand that. A lot of times, uh, and sometimes innocently, we get this idea that the gift of salvation, the gospel, the grace of God, it's needed for salvation. So when I get saved, here's the grace of God. It's a transforming thing. It changes my life. I'm renewed in my mind, as we see in Romans 12, 12 too. And so um, that's the change. What we sometimes see that as a one-time gift. We do not see it as a permanent gift or, or as a renewing gift. We see it as a one-time, you know, it's, it's a once in life. Like, hey, this is a one-time event in life and then everything else is new. We have to see these things as a progressive process. And he says, for by grace are you saved through faith. We, we look at the idea that you have been saved, but this process, it, it starts sanctification. You get saved, that is a one-time thing. You don't get saved more than once, it's a one-time thing. But it begins this sanctification process the moment you get saved. At salvation, you receive the grace of God. You, uh, through the grace of God, you receive, receive forgiveness. You receive justification. Um, you've been justified. You receive propitiation. You receive um, salvation that frees you from the punishment and penalty of your sin, and you're headed in, the, in a new direction towards heaven and serving God. You get you get filled with, baptized by the Holy Spirit. All of that happens at salvation. But also what happens at the beginning process of what we call sanctification. Now that you're saved, God begins the working process to develop you more into the image of his Son. That is the gift, and that gift of grace, a gift of salvation starts there, but then builds. It builds for the remainder of your life. It develops in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It develops in the ability to obey and live according to the Word of God. It develops in living more by faith. It develops in the opportunity to witness, and, the, and most of it's organic. God does it in our life. We develop, and if we're living in obedience to God and continue to grow forward, these things will begin to happen. But, so he's telling us, as we give that, as we receive that gift, even minister that gift one to another. Now, as good stewards, one, one to another. Obviously, he's mentioning we need to be witnessing, but he also mentions the grace we've been given, the, the love and the forgiveness we've been given by God, we should continue to minister. I think we could simply put it this way. Because of our salvation, it should change how we respond to others, as we talked about yesterday, and it should change how we move forward. We should love each other, serve each other. Those things are just the way it should be. We should be serving God. We should be serving others, serving God, serving others, serving the church, serving our community. It's just what God has created us to do. And then we get saved. He's renewed or, or brought alive that part of our life we should do. And he reminds us, you know, here's, remember what he's telling this church. As you are being persecuted, as you are suffering, and you say you think they're really suffering, we'll talk about this tomorrow. But look at verse 12. He says to the church, think it not strange. Concerning the fiery trial, which is a trial, as some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice. So please remember, this church is battling. So don't get the idea that it's not that big of a deal. They are going through some of the most immense, intense persecution a church can go through. And in the midst of that, though, he's saying, minister. Minister to each other. Minister to your community. Don't be, don't look at it and say, I'm hurting, people should minister to me. In the midst of my hurt, minister to others. And he says in verse 11, kind of breaks down how we should do it. If any man speak, 
talking about the idea of preaching and teaching, let him speak as the oracles of God. Notice he's not saying speaking of the oracles of God, as the oracles of God, as a messenger of God. Please understand, it's not that the messenger of God himself has more power, it's the fact that he has power through the message of God. But let him speak as the oracles of God. Recognize what we speak and teach are the truths of God. They're not our opinion. They're not us trying to convince people of our right. We are teaching the oracles of God. We speak like that. If any man ministered, you're not a teacher per se, but you're ministering to people, let him do it as of or with the ability which God has given him, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I minister as a speaker. I minister, by the way, you are either a speaker and or a minister. Now, and I think personally as a pastor, my job is also to minister to other people, but really it's what we do. We're either teaching or ministering. That's, 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 that's the idea we do. We're either witnessing or loving, sometimes both at the same time. The premise is we should be involved in ministry as we do it. Do it with the abilities God's given us. One, realize it is, his, it is God's strength that gives us the ability to do it. It is God's call. And then number three, there are some times where I realize this, you know, this may not be my strength. I may not be a musician. I may not be a preacher. I may not be this, but I can use this gift to serve God in this area. And so I minister in those areas and I make sure that happens and I do my best to use the gift God has given me. I do it all through God's grace so that God can be glorified. I don't do it so that people can see me. It doesn't matter if people see me. Actually, I shouldn't really want them. I minister to serve God. Some things we do, you can't help it. You're going to teach children's church or you're going to witness or you're going to fix something in the building, and generally somebody's going to know that. That's not wrong. When, when God says that being seen, when we, with the idea that we can lose our reward in heaven, it's not if we're seen. It's if we do it to be seen. It's the motive behind it that we lose. So serve God. Let God take care of recognition or no recognition, and use the gift God has given you however you can. And if you, you say, well, I don't know exactly where that is right now. I can tell you this, that if you begin to pray and seek and look for what God has you to do. If you're seriously praying and seeking, God will open your eyes to the needs around you. He'll open the eyes to the need in your community. He'll open your eyes to the needs in your church that maybe you have been put there to fill. It may not be the pastor's job to fill, that it may not be a deacon's or board member's job to fill. That's why it may be your job. It's why you're there. It's what you've been gifted for. And maybe the pastor hasn't even mentioned it because he has no, no person to put there. I know for a fact that sometimes happens. Pray and a vision to do something, but no direction to do it because we don't have anybody we know that can do it. So maybe that's what God's doing in your life. Whatever it is, if you're seeking to be used of God, doors will open if you'll let them. Thanks again for joining us this morning on this Wednesday morning and giving me a chance to be part of your day. It is greatly appreciated. I, I, I'm humbled and I'm honored, I'm honored by the opportunity to teach God's Word and that you would listen and you would watch. And I really hope this is a help and hope this is the curve. And again, thanks for joining us this morning and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow.